From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. that you've done it already. Very important to vote. Once upon a time, a woman hired uh, a carpenter for repairs for her farmhouse. And this, this carpenter was having a bad day. One day his flat tire made him lose an hour of work. His electric saw quit. And then his truck refused to start. And the woman drove him home. She had to take him home. And he invited her in to meet his family. So as they walked from the car to the front door, he paused briefly at a small tree. He touched the tips of the branches with his fingers, with both hands. And, and then he went inside. He smiled, he greeted his two young children, he kissed his wife, he introduced the woman to his family. It was time to go, they're walking to the car and she asks him about the tree. Oh, he says, that's my trouble tree. I can't help having troubles on the job, but troubles don't belong at home. So I just hang them up on the tree every night when I come home. Then in the morning, I pick them up again. Funny thing, he smiled. When I come out in the morning to pick them up, there aren't nearly as many there as I remember hanging up the night before. You know, we could all use a trouble tree. Many of us, uh, you know, we're, we're living in the midst of a pandemic and many of us are looking for work or having bodily ills or just not feeling tip top. And I was thinking that, I was reading Romans 8, 16 it reads, the spirit itself bears witness with our one spirit that we are the children of God. So then our affirmation for today is I am a child of God. I have a great inheritance and I claim it. You know, we wanna turn things around, move. You know, we need the trouble tree sometimes, but then we wanna move away from it. I'm a child of God and I have a great inheritance, and I claim it. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, said, I am God's offspring, and I must think as God thinks. Therefore, I cannot think of any lack or limitation. I am God's offspring, and I must think as God thinks. Therefore, I cannot think of any lack or limitation. A seminary professor was on vacation with his wife in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Not quite where I would want to go on vacation. I probably would want to go to Hawaii. However, they're vacationing there and one morning they were eating breakfast in a little restaurant and they were hoping to enjoy this quiet breakfast together while they're on vacation. And while they were waiting for their food, they noticed a distinguished looking white haired man moving from table to table, visiting with the guests. And the professor leaned over and whispered to his wife, I sure hope he doesn't come over here. But sure enough, the man did come over to their table. 
Where are you folks from? He asked in a friendly voice. Oklahoma, they answered. Great to have you in Tennessee, the stranger said. What do you do for a living? I teach at a seminary, he replied. Oh, so you teach preachers how to preach, do you? Well, I've got a really great story for you. And with that, the gentleman pulled up a chair, sat down at the table with the couple. And the professor groaned and thought to himself, great, that's just what I need, another preacher story. And the man started, see that mountain over there? Pointing out the restaurant window. Not far from the base of that mountain, there was a boy born to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because every place he went, he was always asked the same question. Hey boy, who's your daddy? Whether he was at school, in the grocery store, a drugstore, people would ask him the same question. Who's your daddy? And he would hide at recess and lunchtime because this was a painful question for him. So when he was about 12 years old, there was a new preacher that came to the church and he was he would go in late, he'd slip out early to avoid hearing this question. But one day, the new preacher said the benediction so fast that he got caught and had to walk out with the crowd. And just about the time he got to the back door, the new preacher, not knowing anything about him, put his hand on his shoulder and asked, son, who's your daddy? The whole church got deathly quiet. He could feel every eye in the church looking at him. And now everyone would finally know the answer to the question, who's your daddy? But this new preacher was very sensitive and sensed the situation around him and used his discernment that only the Holy Spirit could give and said the following to that scared little boy. He said, wait a minute, I know who you are. I see the family resemblance now. You are a child of God. And with that, he patted the boy on his shoulder and said, boy, you've got a great inheritance. Go and claim it. With that, the boy smiled and for the first time in a long time and walked out a changed person. He was never the same again. And whenever anybody asked him, who's your daddy? He just tell him, I'm a child of God. Well, the distinguished gentleman got up from the table and said, isn't that a great story? And the professor responded, yeah, that really is a great story. And as the man turned to leave, he said, you know, if that new preacher hadn't told me that I was one of God's children, I probably never would have amounted to anything. And he walked away. The seminary professor said he and his wife were stunned. And so they called over the waitress and asked her, do you know who that man was? The one who just left sitting at our table? The waitress grinned and said, of course, everybody here knows him. That's Ben Hooper. He's the governor of Tennessee. Now, Ben Hooper was the governor of Tennessee in 1911 to 1915. He served in the House of Representatives and he even uh, was a land agent and was active in purchasing uh, land for a national park in the Smoky Mountains. He was a child of God. He was changed in that moment. I am a child of God, I have a great inheritance, and I claim it. You know, I am a unity minister, and I graduated from Unity Seminary. 
Unity's ministerial program. And, and I first became a licensed teacher, and then I decided to uh, go through the ministerial program. I had not planned to serve as a pulpit minister like I do today. And, you know, Unity used to have a saying, man plans, but God laughs. Myrtle Fillmore, who is known as the mother of Unity, had been a sickly woman, predisposed to tuberculosis, she was told. And she never planned to found a new healing ministry. But you know, when you are studying and you're doing, you're focusing on that presence and power, your life unfolds in ways that you may not be aware of, but you look back at it and say, wow, I never thought it would be this way. She and her husband, Charles Fillmore, Myrtle and Charles took many classes in various religions and some were with a metaphysical teacher in New Thought in Christian science. And at that time, Christian science was a generic name, a generic term. And their teacher was Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was known as the teacher of teachers. She taught Fillmore's, Ernest Holmes, Nona Brooks, and many of the people in New Thought. Emma knew of Myrtle's physical ailment. She knew she had been sickly. She had not been feeling well. She recommended that she go to hear a lecturer who was gonna be coming to Kansas City. So the Fillmore's went to the lecture by Dr. E.B. Weeks, really out of curiosity and need, because in one evening in the spring of 1886, when Myrtle was desperately sick, and she didn't know what to do, and they didn't know where to turn, they went to hear this doctor. They did not know about the subject, but they tried everything else they knew about, and all it failed, so they reached the place where they were willing to try anything, and Charles and Myrtle decided they'd go to this lecture. So Charles Fillmore, when he came away from the lecture, he didn't feel any different than he did when he went in. But Myrtle, Myrtle was not the same woman who entered a new, a, a different, a liberating, a transforming idea took hold of her. Most of us have heard a lecturer uh, or been to a class or been somewhere where, where there have been words that jumped out almost and, and, and we held on to them and they were very important to us. And those words were very important. She said they were especially for me. And that's the way it was with Myrtle that night. As she walked from the hall, one statement repeated itself over and over in her mind. I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. From that lecture, she was a changed person. You know, you, scripture says it can happen in the twinkling of an eye. In that one hour, Myrtle Fillmore's whole outlook shifted. Her life had been changed. She was a, now a beloved child of God, somebody told her. And wow, she took that inwardly. And that God's will for her could only be perfect life and wholeness. That filled her mind and possessed her being. Her thinking had changed. Was it possible that she was truly a child of God? I remember Maya Angelou saying that same thing. That she was saying, God loves me, God loves me. And it was so overwhelming that it brought her to tears. 
So they were old beliefs that we needed to get rid of and that Myrtle got rid of. She said the old belief that she was an invalid, that she, that she had been born an invalid, was truly challenged now. And as she stepped out of the doors of that hall, there's this new, this divine revelation, a, a divine realization, yes, was working in her, not only in her mind, but in the very cells of her body. And it's like, like that, you know, when we've been diagnosed with a disease, let's not name it. And we can ask ourselves, is it true that I am a child of God and that my body can be healed? Yes, and I want to say it is true. You are a child of God. You are whole. You are well. Let it come forth. Myrtle Fillmore lived, I think, until she was about 86 years old. She was the founder, the real founder of Unity. They say she and Charles were co-founders, but she came to her first, this new teacher. She, for two years, used concentrated work on healing. In her booklet, How I Found Health, she shares that after realizing that God was life, that she began to talk to her body. She said she asked it for forgiveness for her treatment of it in the past. So she, she would talk to it and coddle it. She said, I'm a child of God and therefore I do not inherit sickness and that I can be well. Took her about two years, she was healed. She wrote of her healing in that booklet. She also wrote of it in her book, Healing Letters. There were other people that compiled the letters that she had mailed to people who had written her for prayer requests, who had written her for help. And it is a wonderful book to read. If you would like the, the booklet, if you email me at unitysanleandro at gmail.com, unitysanleandro at gmail.com and request the booklet, How I Found Health, I'll send you a copy. This week in the church where I serve, we have received prayer requests online, many of them, more than usual. And via telephone, we have received uh, prayer requests for healings of all kinds, not just pocketbooks, but bodily, healthy, depression, just, just wanting to feel better. And then I fell. I have a blind puppy. <laughs> I have this most gorgeous little puppy, about five months old, and I was uh, trying to keep it outside, and I got in the doorway and moved my feet, lost my balance, fell. And so when I hurt my knee, and I thought, wow, this is the time to talk about healing. Last week was on decision-making and voting and because I had decisions to make, and this week it's on healing. Myrtle said this in her book, Healing Letters. It is not enough to pray. Prayer is one step that you take, but you need other steps. You need to think of God, the all-powerful healer, as being already within you in every part of your body, heart, and mind. 
Sometimes we pray to a God that's outside of ourselves, she said. It is the God in the midst of us that frees and heals. Now, this is a woman who started silent unity. This is a woman who prayed. This is a woman who healed when people thought she wouldn't be able to live a long time. This was a woman who received letters from people and her neighbors who sent her letters and, and the neighbors were healed as a result of the work that she did. Catherine Ponder, who was a unity minister who, who wrote in 1975 in her book, Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, she wrote this. A housewife in California recently said, my husband had just come out of the Navy after 20 years of service. He went to work on a job that gave him no pleasure and no chance for advancement. So he began to declare daily. So listen to this, he began to declare daily. I am going out and get a job that will pay me what I'm worth because I am a child of God. Within two weeks, he had been employed, employed at the nearby shipyards as a pipe fitter at several times his previous income. He gave himself an affirmative prayer. He said, I'm worth it because I am a child of God. Because we are children of God, we have a great inheritance. We are heirs to the kingdom, and we need to claim it. Years ago, when I was a little girl, about four or five, my mother had written to her mother. Mama was a Christian scientist, and so was her mother. And in the letter, she shares demonstrations. She shares stories of healings that had happened to her during the last few weeks. And she tells a story about me. Now, I found this letter because my grandfather saved it. My mother's father saved the letter. My uncle found it when my grandfather died. And then I saw the letter and asked, could I have it? It was so precious to me, you know, the, the stamp on it was about three cents. Anyway, she, uh, she says in the letter, she said, I had a high fever. And in, she's telling several stories. She tells that she's lost the taste for smoking. So she does, she has quit smoking in this letter and she, that was a demonstration, it's a healing. So she says, what's my high fever? She decided to tell me to say, God is love and you are God's perfect child. So I was to say, as mama went off to do her work, her study, she left me in the bed. I can remember her leaving. And I was saying over and over, God is love and I am God's perfect child. God is love and I am God's perfect child. God is love and I am God's perfect child. Of course, it seemed to me like she was gone forever, but when she came back in the letter, she says, my fever was gone. I do remember the experience. I am God's perfect child. So if you would say that with me, I am God's perfect child. I have a great inheritance of unlimited good and healing, and I claim it. I am God's perfect child. I have a great inheritance of unlimited good and healing, and I claim it. And so, my friends, 
this week, I invite you to be in a place of leaving your troubles behind like the man did when he walked into and he put his hands on the branches of the tree. He left his troubles outside. Let's be in a place of knowing that we can leave our troubles outside. Know that it's not enough simply to pray, but to, to take it in that you think of God as the all-powerful healer as already being within you in every part of your mind, in every part of your heart and your body. Know that God is in the midst of you, in the midst of me, and it frees and it heals. And that, my friends, is really the truth. The pleasure be in Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org.